It's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Throne Speech Day. Yeah, big day at the legislature today. The The new session is beginning, and we've got a speech from the throne uh, mm-hmm. being read at 2 o'clock this afternoon, right? 2 o'clock by yeah. Lieutenant Governor John Austin. Uh, yeah. We'll be reading the, the speech from the throne. Uh, the public is still not <coughs> allowed to come to the legislature today, at least inside. In fact, there'll probably be some protest on the front lawn. Uh, and we're not going to have the pomp. I, you know, I, what I like about Throne Speech Day are the cannons. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the cannon salute. I think they used to do, was it a 19-gun yeah, salute? Yeah, and, and, and you want to talk loud. And yeah, people really who are unfamiliar with it, it's always fun to watch them get absolutely startled when these cannons start going off on, yeah. uh, on the front of the harbor in front of the legislature. But that's not happening today because it's not, the pomp and ceremony has stayed down for another year until we get out of this pandemic. Right. And what are you anticipating in the throne speech? Lots of vagueness. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's traditional, right? Yeah. yeah. But I think it's going to be a more optimistic throne speech than the last couple because uh, we're we're seeing on all sorts of fronts. We're coming out of restrictions. We're coming out of uh, Saskatchewan. Uh, we just had breaking news on NW Saskatchewan dropping its uh, vaccine mandates and yeah. its, and its mask wearing. Yeah. You know? And you're going to see other jurisdictions do that. BC will evolve to that point. We're going to we're going to ease restrictions before Family Day when it comes to stuff. stuff. So I think that'll be reflected in the throne speech about talking about coming up to a new normal, a new level of uh, participation, uh, gatherings that, that were just not there before. I mean, last year this time was still pretty gloomy in terms of where we were, and even though. We're still seeing a number of a high number of deaths associated with this, and still high hospitalizations. I think there's a, a, a change in the psychology of uh, the public when it comes to uh, sort of acknowledging we have to live with this virus. The other thing, and, and I've got a, a column out this week on this, the liberals may catch a break here because politics have been ignored for a couple of years because of COVID nineteen. It's just replaced everything. Yeah. Now that COVID is going to, I think, subside as a dominant issue, potentially, let's hope so. Hope so. Maybe other traditional political issues uh, fill the void there. And that will allow the opposition, which has sort of been stood down for a couple of years because nobody was paying attention, not just the liberals, but oppositions right across the country. Maybe they get some more oxygen here. Back to the barricades. Back to the usual political battles in British Columbia. Question period just got zero coverage for yeah. two years, almost zero coverage, and maybe that's going to change now. Maybe that's going to change when it comes to government legislation and response to it. Falcon was here, was at the legislature yesterday. Do you expect him at the ledge again yep. today? Okay, he's going to be here. Uh, he can take. A lot of people don't know this. He doesn't have a seat in the house, but he can take a seat in the house. He can sit in on the floor of the legislature because he's a former MLA. Yeah, that's a courtesy extended to MLAs. Now he can't participate. He can't speak. And such, but he can be here, and he tends to be. They'll here. be talking about him while he sits there, and he can't say anything. Yeah, it'll, it'll, be, <laughs> it'll be quite funny that um, we refer to him. Um, but I think that it's going to open with. I think the NDP will be very gracious and welcome him in in his new role as leader. That's going to last for like twenty four hours, and then yeah. uh, we get down to fisticuffs tomorrow. Right, and we saw very rapidly Andrew Wilkinson announcing, as we speculated on the show mm-hmm. yesterday, that he would step aside yep. for Falcon to run in that safe seat in Quilchenna. And Ravi Kalon, the jobs minister, saying the government will hold a by election fairly quickly. Oh, so okay. Kevin Falcon will be in. the So they're house. not going to play any silly games like we've seen Horgan do this before where he delays on these by-elections i'm not sure he has the we haven't had a by-election i don't think well i don't, I, I seem to recall him the liberals getting angry at some earlier by-elections where he's delaying don't remember yeah. that but i think okay. uh, i think there's I mean, given that vancouver colchana is a safe 
a liberal seat. It's probably one, one or two of the safest liberal seats in the in the province. I mean, it's a foregone conclusion that Kevin Falcon's going to win there. So why I mean, not you're just going to you're going to look petty if you if exactly. you don't call it. So I expect. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when the clock ticks on Wilkinson's recognition. I just ran into him and the BC Liberal Caucus just moments ago. They're on the front on the back steps of the legislature on the library steps getting their caucus picture taken, and Andrew Wilkinson is there, so he's, yeah. he's still there. But it's it's uh, uh, 28 days after the um, uh, resignation, if that's what Horgan wants to do. He has six months to call a by-election. Right, you could wait I, that long. I, th- I agree with you. I think it would be petty to wait that long. Yeah. I mean, give Kevin Falcon a chance to get in the legislature in this session that starts I today agree. and runs to the first week of June. Okay, I had Falcon on the show yesterday. We covered a lot of ground in an interview, and, and we talked about his 10 years in the private sector, now back in politics. Mm-hmm. He spent a lot of that time in the real estate business as a real estate developer, apparently made a lot of money. And I asked Nikki Sharma about that in the previous segment. So she's the NDP MLA. And we talked about Falcon as the new liberal leader. And he says, look, his time, 10 years in, in private business is going to be good for him. It's going to give him a perspective uh, on running a business in the private sector that the NDP don't have. And she fired back a little bit on that. Here's what she had to say, and I'll get your thoughts. When I hear him say these comments about the private sector experience being so important, it seems to me that he's looking down at other people. And that to me doesn't really represent somebody who's looking to renew the party and attract more diverse candidates. And so to me, it's more of the same. And it's a bit elitist, actually. Okay, a bit elitist, she thought. Your thoughts? Yeah, I don't see that. Um, Mm -hmm. Kevin Falcon, baggage works two ways. I mean, the NDP is going to say, oh, he's yesterday's man. He's got all this baggage. Yes, the Liberals had a lot of uh, controversies when they were in power, but they had a lot of accomplishments, and Kevin Falcon's going to point to that. So he's going to point to the Canada line, South Fraser Perimeter Road, one of his transportation ministers, these things that was built on his watch, and that's going to serve him well. The NDP, the longer they're in power, the more baggage they accumulate as a a government. So I'm not sure that's going to resonate much with the voters, but Falcon, I think, uh, I, I was struck yesterday at his news conference that he was well-versed on many issues, but he also took a very centrist position. It wasn't, the Kevin Falcon, when I first met Kevin Falcon in the 1990s, fairly right-wing. He was a right-wing hawk. Remember the total recall? Sure, he was like, cut taxes, cut government, yep. small governments, uh, cut regulations. And he evolved when he was minister. He wasn't a right-wing finance minister or health minister or transportation minister. And yesterday, he spent a lot of time talking about child care which yeah. you don't see the Liberals talking about child care much in the past, talking about climate change. You didn't hear the Liberals much talking about that in the past. So it's going to be hard for the NDP to pigeonhole him as a really far right-wing candidate if he sticks to those positions. Yeah, I mean, he's not talking about some sort of restraint agenda where we're, well, we're going to cut government spending or we're going to slash taxes to the bone like Campbell did yep. on his first day. Yeah, 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 2001, the Liberals, BC Liberals came in with an ideological position that blew a giant hole in the budget. Sure, yeah. Uh, George Abbott, the former minister, has written a book about it, about how this income tax cut blew a complete, a huge hole in the budget, caused them to cut social services and yeah. and health services and such for years because of this ideological um, adherence to, to tax cuts. And you don't hear Falcon talking about Well, that. I think he's reading the political landscape pretty well and, and realizes that maybe that's the spot he has to be in if he's going to win back some of these seats they lost, especially in the suburbs. He's got to win Vancouver. the suburbs. He's got to win Richmond, Tri-Cities, yeah. uh, Langley, Abbotsford, Chilliwack, places that usually no-go zones for the NDP. They won seats 
a lot of seats in those areas. And the Liberals, if they want a path back to power, that's where it lays. Okay, watching for the throne speech coming up this afternoon. Let me get your take, Keith, on the uh, the ongoing truckers dispute and occupation in Ottawa going into day 11 today. The city has declared a state of emergency. There was an emergency debate in the House of Commons last night. Spoke to uh, had both sides of that earlier on the show today. Let me play a clip here for you from of Justin Trudeau speaking in that emergency debate last night and get your thoughts. Here's Trudeau. But everyone's tired of having to wear masks, having to follow public health restrictions. Families like mine just last week that test positive, you know, have to follow public health rules, have to isolate themselves. Nobody wants to do that. I don't know how many conversations parents have had to have with kids about not going to birthday parties, but not getting to have sleepovers. This pandemic has sucked for all Canadians. Okay, so that's about, I don't know, as as close as he's come to sort of reasonably saying, you know, people who are protesting, maybe he understands. But... Yeah, to a point. I mean, uh, it's interesting. We are shifting to a new... uh, era in this pandemic we're shifting to more openness more gatherings yeah. uh it's tied to the, it's literally tied to the weather tied to m- more daylight hours there's people are going to start gathering outside more there's going to be a lifting of restrictions indoors that's happening everywhere it's it's you know some some countries and jurisdictions are ahead of other places but everyone is coming through this at, at different speeds of yeah. reopening and I think Trudeau is reflecting that. I mean, we are going to get those vaccine mandates are going to end at some point. I mean, Saskatchewan's ending theirs, so they're first. BC right now, for now, it's June thirtieth, but that may Alberta. Sig- Alberta has signaled they're going in the same yeah, direction. Yeah, and NBC may end earlier as well. I mean, yeah. June th- things are constantly evolving as they've evolved since day one of the pandemic. Baldry's beat Keith Baldry is my guest. Lots of calls. Let's go right to them. Ed in South Surrey. Hi, Ed. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I can't, my question is. If they want people to get the third shot, how come they don't give any data on how many deaths, hospitalizations are with people with a third shot? Keith, do you know? There's a lot of data on the CDC website. Unfortunately, the Center for Disease Control, I think, really lags behind other jurisdictions when it comes to posting data. It's not timely. Uh, you really got to start digging and constantly check with this so that information is available but it's just it's just not updated in a timely fashion i mean people are getting sick and ending up in hospital even if they are triple vaxxed yeah it, right? but largely uh people over the age of 70 yeah uh, and with yeah. underlying health conditions if you're a 40 year old and you're triple vaxxed you're you know statistically again statistically less likely you're, you're not going to get severe illness yeah. from covid19 or the omicron yeah. variant but if you're over 70 over 80 uh, a number of other factors kick into play here, and you are vulnerable to getting this virus, even yep. if you're triple vac. Let's go to Rick and Surrey. Hi, Rick. Go ahead. I just would remind people, you know, Kevin Falcon and all of his government's wonderful things they did. They did it on the backs of dirty money, siphoning money off ICBC and deferring mm-hmm. billions of costs in, uh, from BC Hydro. So, yep. And I'm yeah. really thrilled to hear that he's... Uh, been in the uh, development business that gives me a lot of comfort that housing is going to become more affordable in the future yeah no all good points and those are exactly the points the ndp are going to fire back at kevin falcon 
with increasingly loud volume. They're going to go after money laundering. They're going to go after housing speculation. They're going to go after ICBC. The uh, casinos, the laundromats of the casinos. They're going to go after hydro stuff. There's a lot of stuff. When you're in government for 16 years, you're going to accumulate a lot of bad baggage. And you know what? They did use ICBC and BC Hydro like a piggy bank there. They used to, they used to, you know, I remember Christy Clark would go around bragging that she had not raised any taxes. At the same time, she was jacking up ICBC rates and then taking a dividend out of ICBC and BC Uh, Hydro, too. I mean, that was a tax rate. That was like a stealth tax. That'll be an NDP NDP attack ad come the next election. You can be sure of that. Marie in Vancouver. Hi, Marie. Go ahead. Hi. A couple of points. I don't know about the logistics. Okay, Marie, you're breaking up out there. I'll try and get back to you. Okay, Doug in Surrey. Hi, Doug. Go ahead. Hi, Mike and Keith. Kevin Falcon is hoping that his 10 years out of politics has spread a whole new bunch of uninformed voters that didn't live through the years of Christy Clark and uh, Gordon Campbell, and that they have short memories if they have any memory at all. He'll feed them the same line of lemonade that he's fed people throughout his years, and he's hoping he's got a whole new bunch of uh, uninformed suckers that'll fall for it. Well, uh, well the Liberals won... A series of elections. Well, they were in power for 16 yeah, years. If so, they were so bad, how come they were in exactly. power for 16 you years? Know, but I wonder, though, Falcon, I mean, the last election was terrible for the VC Liberals. Absolutely yeah. horrible. Yeah. Does Falcon put them now, make them more competitive in those key areas, Richmond, Langley, Chilliwack, Abbotsford, yeah. uh, parts of Surrey, where the election is going to be won or lost? And yeah. those are the suburban voters. And the Liberals lost their way with those voters. Now, part of it was the shifting demographics. There's more young people out there because they can't buy real estate in Vancouver or Burnaby. And they're relocating out there. Uh, Adrian Dix, in the 2013 election campaign, this last day, he whistle-stopped through, I think, 14 ridings. Vernon, for example, Langley, Chilliwack, Abbotsford, places that the NDP normally would not have a chance of winning. And he was just basically seven years too early. I mean, he's, I think he correctly read that the demographics were shifting. They just didn't shift early, uh, quickly enough for him to win. That's the one where Cr- Christy Clark shocked the world, upset the pollsters. Yeah, I remember you were you were a columnist for the, for the Vancouver province back then. Remember the cover of Adrian Dix on the cover that said this man could kick a dog and still win the election? <laughs> Yeah, you had to remind me of that one, didn't <laughs> well, we you? Were, all our crystal balls were yes. wrong in 2013. Yeah, we were. Okay. Th- thank you for sharing part of the blame <laughs> on that. Um, John in West Van. Hey, John. Hey, how you doing, uh, Mike? Um, I heard your discussion with uh, Claude Julian a while back, and uh, as it seems to be for the last 10 days, there seems to be this uh, laser focus on one individual with a Confederate flag and a, and a few others that were displaying really heinous Nazi symbolism. Um, are you guys not aware that there was an actual follicular assault in Winnipeg on Friday night where four protesters were run down by a person who did not agree with them protesting their freedoms? Yeah, and no, why, that's been reported. And, and, that's been reported. And, and, yeah, yeah, but I've yet to hear the Prime Minister stand up in the House of Commons and condone the act of a vehicle as opposed to somebody carrying a flag. Okay, thank you for that. I think it was Peter, Peter Julian was who yeah, I was speaking to not, earlier. Not Claude Julian, yeah, who I think the, is an NHL ho- former NHL <laughs> hockey coach. Uh, yeah, the NDP. Former Canadians coach. The NDP MP. Yeah. And he did. He was talking about Nazi flags and swastikas and, and, and you know, and Confederate flags. And I did point, to, point out to him that, you know, you've been, there's been a lot of criticism about pointing of fingers at some knuckleheads that were raising, flying these flags. Where there maybe there's, you could arguably say there's a bigger issue underneath that. Anyway, 20 seconds, Keith. Go ahead. 
Well, I think uh, actions by the counter-protesters are very small compared to the actions of the protesters. I was at a protest rally covering it on Saturday. Um, sorry, I don't equate the two.